The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in a knowledge-rich curriculum using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Joria Bono. I'm a primary teacher on the South Coast, founder of Tiny Voice Talks, and recently published author of Tiny Voices Talk. And I'm Caitlin Bracken. I'm a year one teacher in Buckinghamshire. I was a speaker on Toria's podcast a little while ago, and I'm one of the contributors to her book as well. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with a beautiful Hindu myth on the nature of grief. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for grief awareness, which should help you find the story of Yami and Yama. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator as of November 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, gorgeously and sensitively illustrated by Heather Zeta-Rose, which should be with you in time for National Grief Awareness Week. Don't worry if you miss that though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you're also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Caitlin Toria, Yami and Yama. And if you don't mind, folks, I'm going to start with this one, because this is a story that I used when I was doing some tutoring for a young girl based in France. So it's all online tutoring and one of the subjects I had to cover was volume. So we had a lovely little project going where um, I shared this story with her. The reason I shared this particular story was that she hadn't experienced grief in the same sense that Yami did but she was very far apart from certain members of her family. So she was based in France. Half of her family were in Singapore and because of the pandemic she wasn't able to get to them so she was going through some very tough emotional times and the story did help her with those but we then needed to look at volume and capacity and we sort of created a little maths project between ourselves to work out just how many hours Yami would have had to cry in order to flood the world and so we did our own little investigation into exactly how many liters we thought that would require how long it took for Yami to, to cry enough to get a litre of water and therefore we were able to yeah kind of combine these two topics of volume and time. She was age 11 so she would have been in your Camptoria the ages 7 to 11 range. Is this um, is volume something that came up when you were looking at this story? What I thought was interesting was I began to think initially it was the idea of these days and how long a day would be. And I thought, well, I'd need to start initially with how long our days are. So they're 24 hours. And actually, you know, how many minutes are in a day? What I find, and listeners, you might find this slightly differently, but what I find is that children still have very limited concept of how many hours there are in a day, how many days there are in a week, how many days there are in a month, how many days there are in a year. 
and they get very muddled with how many months there are in a year, how many weeks there are in a month. And I thought, mm. actually, it's a prime opportunity to look at hours, days, weeks, months. And then actually, by reading the story, working out how many days she actually had, even though they were whole days and there was no night, so that would be 24 hours, when she was saying, my brother died today so the first mm. time she says that that's 24 hours the second time she says that, that's another 24 hours the third time she says that, that's another 24 hours so i was trying to i, I was thinking actually could we work out how many hours there were in the day as gotcha. opposed to a day using that mm. little link between a and b and i thought that'd be a really interesting one to do and actually how long that day was very, very explorative was what I thought. It's explore, yes, and then yeah. I just found the whole thing. My mind started to explode slightly with how many different <laughs> things, yeah, as it does. My mind began to explode with how many different investigations you could do with regards mm. to time and problem solving and so on. There were some simple problem solving things that I came up with. You could ask. So depending on whether they're lower key stage two, upper key stage two, you could actually look at days, months, years as we know it, and actually how many days are there in three months july august september or whatever how just playing around with different things yeah so mm. that's where my brain went chip i'll be honest it just went all over the place with time you could easily combine them though couldn't you because you, you can could. work out how long her one day is up until yammer's death yes. by looking at how old they are and you know how long they would have needed to live to get to being uh, the adult yammy and jammer the sort of age where one of them dies yeah. well that's a great one you know say 18 years how many how many hours, hours is that oh <laughs> yeah. my god you know so there you go people depending on where you are year three to year six that's your investigation <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah combine it with the volume capacity thing I if you want that. to figure yeah. out how long she's uh, going through that day after she starts crying i wonder then if you could then turn it a little bit into a philosophy angle and say so why do you think the creators decide to make it only 24 hours in a day because i'm guessing you know there must have been billions of hours in that first day why did they reduce it all the way down to 24 mm. what's their reason for that you're, you're looking very pensive on that one caitlin <laughs> I mean, you're looking like you you wish there were more hours in the day don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> i mean that whole conversation just kind of not went over my head but with my year one hat on yes it did um, <laughs> i did not go as complicated yes. as that <laughs> No, as, as Chip will tell you, I tend to go off on complete tangents and then I get very excited in my little tangents. And then <laughs> no, it just it really, yeah. You know, when you're in Q-Stay 2, you've got those kids who are able to run on that tangent with you and who would probably find that really, really engaging and would really want to get to the bottom of it. You know, we can mm. all think of those children that you set them a problem and they will not stop until they have the answer to it. Yeah, well, it, like, like I said, when I was tutoring this uh, young girl in France, it was, it was actually her who very much led us into that investigation you know she, she sort of um came up with the, the question during the storytelling how long would she have been crying in order to flood the mm. world and so yeah we, we turned it into this this mathematical investigation you might have um some children between the ages of four and seven who would come out with that question you may I mean, or may they, not decide they would definitely to follow ask up the on question that. whether we'd be able to answer it is another story completely <laughs> 
So what was your maths angle with this story then, Caitlin, for ages four to seven? I did sort of think about the passage of time because that is something that we look at, but we obviously look at it much more simply with, you know, putting the days of the week in order, putting the months in order, knowing how many Mm. days are in a week, that kind of thing. My initial thought was using the animals as a concrete resource for counting because we do Mm. a lot of that lower down the school, you know, starting from counting in ones up to counting in multiples, whatever that may be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the animals could be either literal plastic animals or the pictures could be a really useful prop for some children as a way into counting. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And there's obviously all sorts of problem solving that you could run along with that a lot more simply than how long is it going to take for her to cry and cover the world? <laughs> well, I do love that question now. The illustrations for this book are really good for doing that with early years, actually, all, all the way down to age four, I should think, because there are lots of animals mentioned in the story. Not all of them get illustrated and not all of them are in every single picture. But that variety would give you the opportunity to, yes, look at um, how many animals there are, how many legs there are. I know that's one that Rob's mentioned a few times, just saying, okay, well, if this is how many characters we've got, how many legs are there going to be? And like you say, just having a little counting challenge. And and the reason why it works, we, we should point this out here as well. The reason why it works so well is because you're young learners will be absolutely engaged in the story world they won't be ready to leave it when you get to the end of the story and giving them that extra little bit of time to explore the story world with the characters and tally them up that's actually going to be playing to exactly what they want to be doing so they really will be learning their maths without realizing that they're learning their maths which is great it's a fantastic idea i did find it really challenging trying to fit a story and maths together So I was quite relieved when Toria opened by saying that she found it difficult as well. (laughs) I think it is though. I think it's really interesting because often in school, even when Mm. you're doing themes or topics per se, and you're putting your theme or topic on a book or on a story Mm. or whatever, actually maths tends to still stand alone. Yes, it does kind of just get bolted on the side because maths is maths and it's not. Yeah, you're following a different sort of curriculum, whether it's a spiral curriculum or whether it's, you know, you're, you're following that and that's it's different i'm not sure how many schools out there please let me know listeners how many schools out there are actually linking their maths to the writing i think it's really powerful if we can do that all well and good because then children are staying within that learning environment and that you know the the sort of the story that they are within and i think potentially early years year one when, when it comes to the counting it might be slightly easier i think it is harder absolutely moving into upper key stage two but well, I- uh, what i would say here is that if this is something that you're wanting to explore with your children teaching math through story it's a really powerful way of doing it because mm. you get that engagement and if you need yeah. help with that then talk to us here at epic tales because that's what we do we help you find stories to teach any subject and maths is one that we often get asked about because yeah people don't know how to do it but they sense that it's going to be handy and you know we've helped kids grasp things as diverse as decimals and fractions negative numbers ordering numbers and in stories like this volume and capacity um certainly the passage of time yep like you say you've, you've both mentioned that this would be a brilliant story to bring a lot of the mathematical language surrounding those topics in so that's what we do and well done for for what you found because that helps us to make those links so thank you 
that's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy knowledge-rich learning in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Yami and Yama will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon. soon.